Listen to another fantastic episode of the Thursday Thursday podcast now streaming on Anchor.fm, Spotify, and we are now on Amazon Music. It is I, the HWR Kennedy, and yes, I am without your favorite podcast host today, the Her. She will be back soon. We are dividing and conquering as we work to make our online shows and podcasts better for you. However, you can still hear us on our Sunday shows, the Two Harks Music Inspiration and Fun, every Sunday at 8 a.m. And the world-famous Two Harks at 6 p.m. Both of those are on WMVU.org, part of the Radio Free Network. At 4 p.m. on Sunday, you can hear us on GospelImpactRadio.com, and that is another music inspiration of fun. Uh, make sure to go to our sponsor, SonsOfSPPhillips.com, to get this cool beard bro shirt that I'm wearing. Everybody should have one. And we have an assortment of other Afro bro and Sister Fro t-shirts, and they have much, much more. Go check them out at sonsofspphillips.com. This is installment six of the Kings and Queens series. This is our third season of the podcast. And we're, what we're doing here in this series, we bring on people we respect and love, and we have them discuss their growth, how they started here, and how they got here as the kings and queens they are. We just talk about their vision, their mission, and what they have going on in their life. Uh, in this episode, I'm, I'm calling Straight From The Hood, Brotherhood is what I'm calling it. And once you start hearing the conversation, you'll understand why we're calling it the, the Brotherhood. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in this young man and let him introduce himself. All right. Uh, one, is everybody good with the audio? Can everyone hear me? All we're right. Coming awesome. Through loud and clear. Uh, thank you. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one, based off of your intro, I loved it. I think that was uh, really <laughs> awesome. I appreciate the, you know, the kings and queens and, uh, you know, the whole love and respect thing. I think that's great and awesome. And I'm honored to uh, be here. So thank you. Uh, thank, thank you very man. much on the stage. Um, I am uh, Noah. Um, Noah Rayon, to be exact. Uh, I am a student um, studying digital media uh, slash graphic design, kind of a little bit of the same thing to kind of intertwine both of those. Um, right. Depending on you know where you go, they call it one and they call it one. Um, yeah, no around uh, studying um, digital media and graphic design. Uh, I am a worker. Um, currently, I work at a uh, thrift shop right now. And um, yeah, I'm just a student, just a regular guy. And uh, yeah, I do some volunteer work sometimes, you know, uh, to stay engaged and involved in the community. And uh, yeah. Good, good. So, uh, where are you from, Noah? Uh, I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, West Philly to be exact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> West Philly, born and raised. Yes, sir. <laughs> on the on the playground where you spent most of your days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, okay. it's always cool. Like every time you know, I talk to somebody, I'm like, I'm from Philly. 
like, where are you from? West Philly, y'all. And then they, they say that. And so that's, uh, that's always cool. It's always cool. <laughs> good, good. So, uh, Noah, I brought you on here um, just to talk about some things, you know, that's going on in your life. And uh, just for the audience, your mother and I have been friends for quite a long time. We, we've wrote a couple poems and things together, a couple stories, and um, we, we kind of have a, a friendship that's poetic and, you know, on a literary sense. And we've talked a few times over the years and... Um, when I was looking for new guests to be on the show, I thought about you because a, a lot of our conversations were about you and I knew that you had a program that you were working on last year. So just give us, uh, just, you know, just give us a little background. I think you gave us most of a background of you're in the digital art. So just give us a little background into this, uh, program that you're working on. Sure. Um, well, there actually are a few things kind of uh, going on right now. Um, one, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, the relationship between um, you and my mother, that's awesome. Um, and again, I, you know, I appreciate you thinking of me to, you know, to be a guest on here. Um, so what I am involved in now, uh, well, first let me back up. I started doing some, uh, volunteer work with uh the centennial park side uh cdc i don't know if the camera can catch this uh, i don't know if you really see it but uh yeah uh my mom actually is the um program uh director um so just kind of seeing you know different things that uh, you know she's doing you know kind of inspired me to you know just want to like be involved and i've kind of even like before that, I've always been interested in um, getting involved in different things uh, from a young age, you know, up to now. Just like, you know, to stay engaged, um, you know, with everything going on just in society and, you know, my immediate community. Um, but to fast forward, to get to uh, everything now specifically, uh, what's going on now, um, is the Black Men's Conference. Uh, and that is uh, what I'm a part of now. Um, so to kind of give a little bit of a background of what it is, ultimately to give the sum up, it is a space for Black men like myself and you and others to, it, it's a space where we can feel comfortable. It's a safe space. Um, so it kind of started out, uh, I guess I will say time-wise kind of uh, when the pandemic kind of hit and, you know, everything kind of happened with COVID and we weren't able to meet in, you know, person because of all of the, you know, restrictions and, you know, everything like that. So it ended up uh, being like a meeting, just like a, a Zoom meeting, kind of like we're doing there but some of uh, the other volunteers and myself, um, and then uh, sort of like that, and we would grab, you know, a couple of friends, if, you know, if we knew people here and there, and we'd be like, hey, we're gonna get in this group chat, and it ended up being like a weekly thing. So every Thursday, we would get on for about an hour, and we would just talk. 
Um, we would speak on, you know, different things that we noticed uh, in our immediate community. We would speak on, you know, just how uh, we were personally feeling, um, you know, whatever we saw, like in the media, just all kinds of different conversations. And um, yeah, and that was weekly. And basically one day we just kind of decided, well, why don't we try to meet up? <laughs> and ended up doing that. And then it kind of started to turn into, you know, why, um, why don't we try to just put this program together and call it the Black Man's Conference, um, which we already came up, you know, we already came up with the name for it, um, you know, when we kind of did it, but we decided to actually have it, um, have like an event. And basically with the physical event, um, there'd be different like vendors going on. So different things that we would discuss in our chat, we kind of would see if we can get people to come out and do that. So we would have, uh, you know, poetry reading, some public speaking. Um, we had, there was like a, you know, like a workout thing, like a positive like meditation kind of thing. Um, Cause that was, that was one thing that we would do before uh, every session. We would kind of just, and ironically we did it today too. Um, uh, I don't know if I spoke on this already before we started to record, but uh, I just came from a video shoot um, which ended up happening because of the Black Men's Conference. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, ironically, again, that was one of the things we did. We kind of did like the meditation thing. Um, just kind of, you know, took a breath and spoke some positivity out there uh, until we you know, started to shoot. And that is what we did before every Zoom meeting. So back to, um, sorry if I'm kind of all over the place with this. No, so but, you know, back to. <laughs> My, my brain kind of just goes like that sometimes. Um, back to, you know, the physical uh, event of the Black Men's Conference, you know, we had that out there. Um, except, you know, there was live music, there was, you know, it was a little bit of everything, but it was a space ultimately for, um, you know, the, the for us, like as a community, you get people, um, you know, just different individuals coming out. Like I said, some public speaking, uh, and different people, you know, artists coming out, just all kinds of different stuff like that. So that's what we currently are doing now. Um, we had our first one and we're working on our second one. Um, and that should be coming up sometime, say like towards the fall. We don't have an exact date yet, but uh, sometime in like September, if that's kind of considered going towards the fall. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's going on now. Um, so I guess I'll get into the film since that was, you know, connected with it. Uh, we are working with um, the Reawakening Agency, and that is um, there's a guy by the name of uh, Rodi, and um, we are working with Reentry Man. He is a, a Reentry individual himself, and basically. Um, not to you know downplay with the word basically, but it's a film to kind of document um, the journey uh, of you know the men reentering society, and yeah, that that's what that is. And so today, uh, not to give s too many spoilers, but um, 
we were working on uh, what we were calling like a, I'll, I'll just say a, a group, a group shot. We were doing a, a group shot. Um, and so, you know, I was a part of that. And uh, that was really cool to be a part of. Um, one of the members of the Black Men's Conference is actually one of my friends who I went to college with. And, uh, and I just called him in, you know, see if he wanted to get involved, and he did. And to make a long story short, he's been with us, you know, ever since. And um, we are both working on uh, scoring music for that. Um, I'm, I'm also into music. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. I'm into like music and all that kind of stuff too. But um, he's also into music. And so we're both uh, collaborating on, um, on scoring that. And uh, that's been a pretty, pretty cool journey. Um, has been fun. Uh, the whole entire the whole entire experience has been a really good one. Um, so shout out to him. Uh, his name is uh, Jameer. So shout out to uh, Jameer. Um, shout out to uh, Rick and Steve who are pretty much directing and filming. Um, shout out to all the entry men, everybody involved, the people you know from the community who are coming in as, you know, extras or just people just being involved with the whole project. Shout out to that. Um, shout out to them and just the whole overall scene. And yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to be a part of it. Right, right. Yeah, I, I appreciate seeing uh, brothers in the community come together. We we have a similar program here in Columbus, Ohio. I'm, I'm not a member or a part of it because sometimes... Um, Sometimes when they do it, my dates are off and I forget to do it, but I've been wanting to participate. We have like a, I, th I could be wrong with how I'm saying it, but I think we have like a, a African-American male wellness walk or something like that, where a lot of brothers get together and they just like do like a little uh, walking, like a 5K or something like that. I, I I know what I'm talking about. I just can't remember the details of it, but right. I know they they put things together. They have like um, uh, doctor stations and you know wellness stations, so you know check the high blood pressure and you know give like little free exams that they can give right there in the neighborhood and things like that. And it's been going on for a lot of years. And it, I think there's also a a father's walk or something like that too. I, I could be wrong, but I could be right. I don't know. But those programs like yours start out with just brothers talking. And like I said, I like to see stuff like that because it seems like now, nowadays, in the last couple years, it seems like the only programs they want to put together for our community are you and our youth are just sports-based. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I myself, I've never, I was never an athlete in school or anything, but I do enjoy sports. But Thank however, I, I see a wider picture that can help our community instead of just saying, here, play basketball, play football, because right. the fact is not everybody's going to get out. And, yeah, you know, definitely. like LeBron, he got out and he was smart enough to take his boys with him. But had he not took his boys with him, you know, they'd probably still be at home. You know, they, they wouldn't be in the league. 
more or less. But, you know, that's just the point I'm making. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I just I feel like a lot of us should definitely get more involved into our community on another side of just presenting sports and just showing our kids how to unify, how to collaborate, showing our young men how to unify and collaborate. Because, like I said, it sounds like you guys during this pandemic time, uh, even though they were Zoom calls and they, you know, they just start out as a call, it sounds like you guys are also processing and working on your your mental health as well. Correct? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's, again, yeah. it's just, it's a um, creative. Uh, it's just like a it, this project is very you know creative and um, is one that you know we're working on now and. Uh, you know, it's we are working on our mental health because um, right. that's like part of what the topic of the film is. Um, not specifically around you know centered around mental health, but you know, like the guys you know coming back um, into society, um, and again, just like you know everything else, it kind of started off from that. Like, how is your mental health? things around you that you're witnessing how is it making you feel you know right uh, yeah so it's it's definitely that um yeah and real quick i just want to uh go back um i have it on my brain before i forget uh i was you know shouting out people um there's a lot of uh, individuals involved in this um but uh i don't want to forget names like uh you know julian as well um who's worked with us, um, you know, still working with us, um, guys like him. And, um, just, there's, there's, like I said, there's a lot of, a lot of people involved in this. Um, and I'm just, you know, grateful to be, uh, a part of it. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Have them reach out to me. Anything I can do for you guys to help support your cause. Uh, I definitely like, to be involved as much as I can. I wanted to come to your to your uh, conference. It was last year, but again, my dates didn't work out. And um, But it's something we definitely want to start putting on our calendar. And it might be easier because now I have a relative living in D.C., so I can go to D.C. and I can shoot up to Philly in a couple hours on, on the transit from, from what I hear. But uh, I'll definitely be closer to your cause. Uh, back to the to the mental health thing. Um, I just want to say how important that is now, because mm. as black men, it's it's hard growing up in society. Because I'll have to say, you know, even even though our gap is probably twenty years, I have to honestly say it's a little bit harder seeing society now than it was when I was a youngster. The same issues are there. However, the conflicts are worse and they're getting more challenging. And in my young days, we didn't confront mental health like we're trying to confront it now. And I can honestly say there's probably, uh, I have a lot of friends now who are probably dealing with some trauma from their youth that I've probably witnessed or heard about. And, you know, they, they don't know because we're, you know, we're late forties, early fifties. 
they don't know how to properly deal with that trauma or or the mental health issues that they have. And, and, and as I spoke about in previous episodes, how I worked with uh, emotionally disturbed youth, the one thing when we had our meetings, uh, we had a gentleman who was like our intervention specialist. And the one thing he would say every year at one of our big meetings, he said, the kids are getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And the kids that we're, we're getting were mostly predominantly, you know, black young black boys mm-hmm. and they're getting sicker because their parents aren't dealing with the stuff uh in their past and they're not properly raising the children in the present and the kids are just getting sicker and sicker and sicker in the cases and the, the diagnosis of these children uh in my 15 years have gotten worse and I just feel like it's just a product of just us. It's just part of the product of us just not dealing with the mental health. And in the news, you can still see it, man. You know, the, the gang violence is getting a little worse. And and I think, you know, a lot of this trauma, not just in our communities, but in the white communities, they're not they're not dealing with reality or trauma properly because now you just got random uh 20-year-olds and 18-year-olds grabbing guns and just shooting up neighborhoods, guns yeah. that their parents had given them. Yeah, or, or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but there. this is on the news. I don't have exactly all the details because I kind of walked in on the tail end of it, what I was seeing on TV. Right. But, um, there were talks about like, you know, possibly like just citizens being able to just literally just carry, like people just being able to just straight up carry, like everybody, it would just be allowed. Right. But I think it's crazy. Um, it, I, I, I honestly don't even know what to say about that. There's just, you know, like I feel like we are living and like, we're like we're honestly we're living in like some movie, or or like some kind of game, you know. Right, right. Yeah, in Ohio, the governor just signed a, a order or law or or whatever it is a couple months ago, saying that you no longer need to have a concealed carry because before you had to take the concealed carry, you had to get a permit, and you had right, to get right, the permit right. in order to use the gun and all that. And he just wrote that away. And it's confusing to me that the worse and worse the gun problem gets, the easier they're making the access. And the solution to the gun problem isn't more guns on the street. Right. The solution to the process is limiting the guns on the street. And it's just like nobody wants to hear that conversation, but that has to be said. Mm-hmm. And they always want to cry the second amendment. Well, I get, I get the second amendment, but I think it needs to be reevaluated because reevaluated, uh, due to the time when it was written and what was going on at the time versus right now, because second amendment was, you know, allowing citizens to arm themselves as militia in case the, you know, the government or somebody else comes in 
okay, well, these militias are against, most of these militias that's coming out are against the government or have their own agendas. Uh, you know, like the Proud Boys and all those guys, they have their own agendas. They say they're pro-government, but then, you know, they're against certain things or liberals or conservatives or, or whatever's going on. I don't know. And a lot of them are racist. So that's why I think that a lot of this stuff needs to be reevaluated. And, right. you know, there needs to there need to be some changes. You know, for me, I don't understand why Army issue weapons are allowed to get into civilian hands. That's that's just confusing to me. Yeah, I, I don't understand that either. It's, it's like you said, like that's the, the solution is not more guns. I guess yeah. it, it, it already can't be uh, controlled now. So it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, what you're saying about like, the different organizations or whatever, these groups, um, where they're racist, you know they're going to have targets. They're going to exactly. have targets. And it's also not smarter than, in other ways, too, because they're going to be targets if, like, they're, they're not even thinking about themselves, honestly, because when you really think about it, they, um, they're targets themselves, like you saw what happened, with, and they're still doing the whole hearing thing with, you know, uh, January 6th or whatever. But, yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Like, they just stormed. Like, what? <laughs> they completely just stormed the whole... It, I can't... It's just... Yeah. I, I, it, I'm honestly speechless because I don't even know what to say. Like... That it just it, where do you where do you go after that? The only place the, the only solution is to just stop it. There's right. no way you need to think about this. If they're not gonna use guns, then they're gonna use something else, right? Yeah. You eliminate gun violence, there might start to be, you know, knife violence or something like that. You know, I don't I don't know. Right. Um or other types of crimes in other kinds of ways. Um, you know, with certain individuals with certain mentalities and mindsets taking away their guns honestly that's not going to stop them but it could um how do i put this it can sort of repel it somewhat maybe maybe right. um right it's just it's just not smart it's, it's it, it, it honestly just doesn't make any sense right right yeah the january 6th Incident. It's still hard for me to fathom that that happened because um, I actually sat right here and watched it, and I was just Twitter fingers was going crazy on Facebook. I'm like, man, are y'all. I didn't, at first I didn't believe it. Then I was like, hold up, these fools just scaled the wall, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, and I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening right. in our time. Exactly. Again, it's like it's like watching some game or some or, or a movie or something. You know, and yeah. the that came to my mind is, I mean, what's going to be next? Is it going to be like, you know, um, uh, what is it, uh, the Purge or something like that? I, and I, I'm serious, not necessarily, yeah. I didn't actually see the movie, but based off of the previews, you know, seeing like where they say, oh, you can go out and do, kill, do whatever. Not specifically on that level where they say you're allowed to do this or that, but more so if they just, you like you said, they, 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 completely scaled the entire building. They just bum rushed it. They went in, started destroying everything. 
you didn't with the intent to kill. Can't stop. If that can't be stopped, then what else? What else is there? Everything going on. People are just going to start going out and randomly going crazy. Like we didn't know what kind of riots were going to break out that day or the next day. If you know they were going to start traveling to different areas, you know we didn't know what was going to happen. And we still don't technically because they're talking about all of this now. For all we know, they could be planning something else. Right. And and, and it says a lot about the country because going back to our communities, when we when we go out to express our First Amendment rights, uh, there's there's army tanks out there, you know, there's uh, police in force uh, and they're and they're they're packed to the gills and army issue and they're shooting smoke bombs and um, rubber bullets at us and. There was there was none of that, and as a black man watching that, like I said, it's it's still hard to fathom that it happened. Especially when I look at you know things that's happened in other communities, and these people protest, and you know people are driving through crowds and cars, and the police are doing things, and and then these people uh, virtually scaled a wall, except for one person, where they virtually went inside the Capitol untouched except for the one lady who who got shot yeah. and you know you know and then that's flipped she's all oh, that she's a patriot and i said no she's a terrorist and a criminal and the people in my community were just upset and and you know that that again that that goes to affecting our mental health because because now we're like where where's where's the the line of equality in these situations where's where's our value uh, when it comes to things that happens in our community versus that incident on TV, that's that's like on a national scale because you attacked our capital, which hasn't been done since like what before the Civil War or something like that. And you know they were going in there to they were going in there to hurt people. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's, it's just, like you said, it's just crazy. And I, it was, it's weird. And I don't know if this is because I am in this era. So I've, you know, seen what I've seen or, you know, whatever. But I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised if that makes any sense because I kind of saw, um, uh, yeah, I, I was shocked but I wasn't at the same time um, because honestly, I kind of saw the buildup. Like it may, that might sound weird, but I saw the build. I, I did not specifically, you know, towards them attacking like the Capitol or whatever, but just, I just saw the buildup because it was okay. Well, you see this going, you see the riots, you know, you see, uh, you know, the former president, you know, that guy being how he is, encouraging people, amping people up, whatever way, shape, or form that is. Um, and I just, for me, just witnessing all of that, I just kind of, like, I felt the bubble. I was just, I kind of saw it coming because it was just kind of like, all right, what is going to happen next? Like, like I said, we kind of saw the riots already. You know, we saw just... 
just everything from different directions, um, including social media. Uh, that played a huge role in a lot of stuff. Um, and, you know, especially with the former president being very present on there. Uh, again, that's a platform that those groups will use to group up, you know, and, and um, figure out whatever they're going to do and, you know, just go, go, go crazy. And, um, but overall, all of that mixed together, it was like a volcano eruption, you know, just all of this stuff going on. Um, like how to, you know, the, the volcano works and, you know, it's all of this, whatever, however the volcano works, it's like all the stuff that's inside of it. And then it just boils up and it just bubbles by itself. And it, you know, it, one day it just, it just explodes. That's right. And, 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 and you're exactly right. And I, and I feel like with him, um, it started the day he went into office and, you know, I think he, honestly knows that i think he gets a thrill on that stuff i think i think trump really has a god complex yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it started i, I, I kind of think it started before that before he went in office yeah you know yeah. just because of the way because it was like if, if you really look at it it was boiling up then excuse me yeah. bubbling up then all of his right. supporters and just everything going on in general um because a lot of this started it's like the whole Black Lives Matter, if, at least from my point of view. Um, you know, there were other things, obviously, as well, but it started out because people already feel the way that they feel about us. Right. Then you had the protests, right? We had the riots right. breaking out. Well, I think it was, what, 2015, I want to say that's when the riot broke out. Um, mm -hmm. Uh I forget, and, I, and I, I mean no disrespect, but there's been so many incidents over yeah. the years with, you know, black men getting shot, black women getting shot um, or killed in whatever way, shape or form. But uh, 2015, I went to, I don't want to get the name wrong, but the 2015, I believe, is when that riot hit, like, you know, um, and then we really, really, really started to see the Black Lives Matter kind of right. more so publicly become a thing. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, while I am on here, forgive me for uh, looking down, but I can. I'm actually going to look look at it now. I can Google it. Um, yeah, I think I think, I think it goes back when back. I want to say Freddie. Uh, Freddie Gray. Yeah, I want to say Freddie Gray. I could possibly be wrong. Uh, uh, I thought it was a little bit earlier than him. I I know when Trayvon yeah, got shot. Trayvon, yeah, yeah. Trayvon. Everybody was like, yeah, yeah, Hold yeah up. definitely, definitely that. But I'm I, I, I'm more so talking like when the the straight up like riots and the protests and stuff started. Just, right. Um, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. I know what you said. Yeah, uh, let's see. Because um, 2015 Black Lives Matter protests, uh, time, yeah, um, I don't know, but I, I think I don't have to kind of go deep dive in here, but I, I think you kind of you know get where I'm coming from with that, but right, 
Now, anyway, the point is the bubble up, I, it was early. I think it was really, like, way early on. And, you know, when they get yeah. upset, you know, riots start to happen. <clears throat> and it's like, how many more riots can you have until they just get upset and just go storm the Capitol? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, I know what you're saying because cause it's like... Um, they're trying to take over. Right. And, and, I, and I think the problem with... There, there's going to always be this divide between black and white America, from my opinion. And I mean, there's, you know, there's uh, equal lines. Mm-hmm. But on the majority half, there's always going to be a divide because you're always going to have these people who are insensitive because they're ignorant of what our plight is and what we're going through. And when we go through the things that we're going through because we're mad that it's happening so often on a large scale, we're upset. And yeah, we might tear up the street, but you know, this side of of white America, you don't have a whole lot to be upset about. So you got this guy sitting here pumping your brains with falsehoods for the past four or five, six years Mm -hmm. And you and I'm and I'm gonna say it it went back further. And you know, it started with Obama. I mean, he always exaggerated, no matter what right. he did before he started running off for office. But it started with him saying that Obama wasn't a legal resident, right. and that that was that was the the match on the on the fire. Yeah. And he just kept going and going and going, and he kept trying to target Obama on everything, yeah, including the weather. Right on on everything. <laughs> like what? Come on. No matter how profound, and then when they when it was proven not true, he just kept going. He found something else. He he just started targeting other things, and it just kept escalating, escalating. Then when he finally finally got in office and got what he wanted, he he's burning up, and he just keeps exaggerating, exaggerating truths and truths and mm. truths, and like I said. That side didn't have anything to be upset about, but he gave them things to be upset about. He targeted that base purposely because he knew that, you know, they're upset about having this black president. They're upset about these protests. They're insensitive and they're ignorant to what we're going through in our communities. So I'm going to just keep throwing gas on the fire. And, you know, and I've had a lot of discussions with uh, some of my friends who are on, who are behind him, and I'm just like, "Hey, man, you, there's got to be a time where you've got to sit back, you got to step back, and listen to this guy, to what he's not doing correctly. He's not talking correctly, and there's got to be a, a point where you have some common sense in this situation. Forget his policies or whatever, whatever it is that he did that was so great." You've got to listen to how damaging his rhetoric is. And you've got to take it not at face value, but you have to dig deep into what he's doing and who he's manipulating for his base because he he was doing it from the beginning. And towards the end, when he knew he was losing his hold, he starts injecting more. He's, oh, there's, there's going to be a riot if I lose. The country might go in turmoil if I lose. This might happen if I lose. And he pushed the button on it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he he pushed that button on it. So he's he's responsible for that. He mm-hmm. did that. Yeah. 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 And um if you remember like before the Capitol, it was the other situation with um you know, and they like they were like marching up to to like the the White House. Um Right. You know, now that was kind of a different situation, but the point is like they they people took it among themselves to, you know, do what they felt they needed to do in whatever way they needed to do it. Um so yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Like I said, you know, we definitely have to be careful now because we don't know what's gonna happen next. Like um we don't know if they're gonna plan something else or you know how how that's gonna work, especially now with the media coverage of it. And there was media coverage, and then the media coverage with that particular uh, situation started to kind of fade away, right? Like we weren't hearing about it for a little while, and now it's coming back up. So now whatever ideas that they possibly could have come up with, now they're getting all amped up again. And with him talking about trying to run or he could do what he want or whatever, you know, it's just going to amp him up again. And we don't know, you know, what what the uh, outcome of that is going to be. Um, we we just you know we don't know, and and it's like right. what do you do to prepare for that? How do you prepare for that? Is there a way to prepare for it? Because right. they weren't they weren't they weren't ready for it. No, they they never are. Um, from from your view, with this um, delicate time. Mm-hmm in our nation, in our society. What do you think, uh, what, what do you think the state of black America at this point? Do you think our culture is in trouble? Do you think we're on the right track? Or do you kind of feel like we're in, in a flux on a whole bunch of things? Um, that is an interesting question. I feel like we kind of are somewhere mixed in because there are the handful of us who are trying to do the right thing, which I think that handful is actually bigger than what people realize because of what they see. I think there are more people out there trying to do, you know, good, positive things. Um, on the flip side, I feel like we are in a bad situation in more ways than one. Um, I'll just kind of, you know, leave it at that, you know, uh, but I kind of feel like, I feel like it's kind of like a seesaw, right? Like, I don't want to specifically say it's 50, 50, like half bad, half good, you know, half on the right track, half not, but I think it kind of fluctuates a bit. I think that sometimes it can go from like, I don't know, 60, 60%, 40%, or even 20, 80, you know what I mean? Like, I think it kind of seesaws like this, it goes, you know, ultimately. And I think we're making baby steps towards progressing more in certain ways, but 
we have to be cautious not to take like one step or, you know, one step forward and like five steps, you know, backwards. Um, and that can happen even accidentally with the best intentions because, you know, people have their different ways of, in which they think they need to you know, execute something or this or that or whatever. Their intentions are good, you know what I mean? But everybody might not necessarily agree on whatever way, shape, or form to go about, like, handling these, all of the different situations that we have to deal with, like, just on a daily basis as, as you know, Black people. Um, you know, you have to think, Black men have our issues. Black women have their issues. We all have our issues collectively. There's the age, there, there excuse me, there are the age differences. You have generation um, Z, us, the millennials, you know, boomers, you know, like in the senior generation, we have to collectively try to honestly like navigate because every individual is different. Every individual man is every is different from every individual man. Every individual woman is, is different from every individual woman. So ultimately, when all of these different personalities and different thoughts and opinions are out there, it can kind of get a little crazy sometimes. So to ultimately answer your question of whether or not I think we are like progressing and moving up or not, ultimately the positive side of me wants to say, I think that we are, because I think we are more knowledgeable, especially with like technology and social media and everything like that now. Um, you know, different conversations like we're having, you know, mental health, that becoming a thing. Um, I think we had a big, just to, to, to go into that real quick, uh, you know, I think we uh, had a big impact on the mental health conversation too, because I'll talk to my generation and, you know, we kind of feel like us, like the millennials, like millennials and Generation Z, like we kind of push that mental health thing to the front. Like we were kind of saying, all right, hey, we got to. You did. Um, you did. <laughs> I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I think we kind of did that collectively, not just black people. But we had, I think we had the most to deal with that because of us being black. We're like, hey, this is what we're going through. Mental health is a topic. And then, you know, everybody kind of jumped on the mental health I don't want to say bandwagon, but you know, it is kind of trendy right now, which could be both good and bad. But um, yeah, I think ultimately we had a lot to deal with that as you know, black people. Um, so back again to get around to your question, I think we are making baby steps towards getting better. Um, we just had to kind of continue to do it because you know, unfortunately the reality is you can't save every one person. You can't save every one human. You can't do that. It's just not possible, but you can try. Um, that is the good thing. You know, you can try. And I think that ultimately that is the goal, regardless of whether or not we have this way of going about it or that way, that is the goal. So I think more so than not, we kind of are, you know, having more of a positive impact than negative. Right. I, 
I, I agree with, with what you're saying. Um, I'm, I'm frequently on social media trying to promote our brand and podcast and everything else uh, my wife and I have going on. And I see, I see the progress with the culture, but I don't see the progress in our culture when it comes to relationships. And I think I thought for a long time that black families are struggling and hurting and me and my wife have this discussion all the time. Black families are, are not being represented on a large scale in, uh, in the media. It's almost, it's almost not. And I have, I have no problem with interracial relationships. You know, if that's, if that's what you want to do. That's, that's what you want to do. But the way that our black families are being portrayed, you know, just in like TV and even in advertising. I, I remember there was an issue. I'm listening. I can, I can hear you. Sorry to cut you off. Um, I definitely, I can hear you. I'm just uh, making sure my charger didn't fall out. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. good. I definitely hear you. Uh, yeah, there, there there was an issue a while back with, uh, I think it was like a, a baby product or something, where um, they put a white couple on the cover of, mm, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was a baby, a baby, one of them things you wear around your chest to carry yeah. the baby, and then for, and they just put a single black female that. That viral on it. Social media right. too, I remember that. Right. And, and, you know, I get discouraged when I see that because, like I said, it's like it's an attack on our on our families. And then when I'm listening to the social media thing, it's like almost we're attacking each other and ourselves with what is a man supposed to do in the household? And, um, you know, women are saying that he has to pay all the bills and don't talk to me if you can't buy me a certain type of purse. And. You know, a woman loses points if she has so many children and things like that. And I think personally that the black family is the, is the source of our culture staying on track. And if and if we continue to allow it not to be represented properly, and if we continue to um, go against each other when it comes to our relationships. I think our culture is going to continue to struggle mm-hmm. on some aspects because when, when we have those dis- divisions, you let, and this is one of the reasons why we started our podcast because we want to strengthen relationships within our people, uh, you know, in, in a relationships, we want to strengthen those relationships between man and woman, whether you're getting, whether you're getting married or not, we still want to strengthen that strengthen that outlook that we have on each other and eliminate all the misconception that's having because that is the source of our strength is as our families coming together i was watching the breakfast club a couple weeks a couple months ago tank was on there and he said literally almost the same thing i said where he was talking about a song that um um 
a song that one a, a white artist had sang, something about Stay With Me, and it went platinum or whatever. But he said, I could never make a song like that and it it go as to the top as that one did. Because he says, uh, the biggest threat out here to them is uh, our families being together. So if, if I'm singing about a song with our families being together, stay with me, stay with your husband, stay with your wife, it's not going to sell if I sing it because they don't want our families to be that strong in the culture. What you think about that? Um, I think everything, you know, you're saying is true. I didn't, uh, you know, uh, hear that particular song or whatever, but I think you know, what you're saying is true. They don't want to see it. I use this word, you know, there, I believe there is a, and you know, agenda, you know, um, I believe yeah. that. Um, it's like you said, they, they do it in media. Uh, I do think that there are more, you know, black couples that are together than what's put out there. I do believe that, you know, the positive side of it, exactly. I do believe that. Um, you do even see that on social media. People say it all the time. Um, right. But, you know, there are people who don't, you know, they don't, um, no, they don't because they they don't see it, you know, for whatever reason. Um, I also, you know, I don't have like an issue with you know interracial relationships. I don't, you know, love is love, and that's that's cool. But you know, I do agree that there is an agenda; it is pushed, um, and I do think we need more representation of us, you know, being together. Um, right. And again, as far as the whole like conversation goes about like the, the different topics, like what <clears throat> the, uh, the, the gender roles, you know, whatever. Right. right. And you know, that, you think right. about that because that'll be different from other cultures versus us. That'll be even different right. with us as Americans versus, you know, black people, you know, somewhere else, right? Uh, right. Some are very similar, some are different. Um, right. Every individual, again, has their thoughts and opinions about that. Every woman is not going to think the same thing that another woman thinks. Every man is not going to think the same thing that every uh, man thinks as well. Um, right. So I think that, you know, we kind of have to try harder to find some kind of common ground. Now, for me, <laughs> I'm not really the kind of person where I'm like, all right, kind of got to like meet in the middle. I'm kind of like it with certain situations, I should say it's either this or that. I'm kind of like that person. But when it comes to this, I do think that there should be like meeting somewhere in the middle because how else are we going to? function properly in, in a healthy way as couples or even whatever kind of relationship you're talking about, right? And that could be um, like in a, a, a romantic um, relationship, um, you know, got a girlfriend, boyfriend, um, you know, husband, wife, uh, in that sense, you know, um, 
if you're, you know, LGBTQ, you know, whatever, because they get a lot of their crap to being black also. So whatever kind of relationships, um, business relationships, you know, there's that as well, the communication there too, you know. Um, they don't want to see black people pairing up with other black people, you know. They don't want that. Um, they don't want the black men and the black women pairing together. Uh, also, again, in, you know, like a business relationship or whatever like that. Um, so ultimately, I think we have to try to listen to each other and we have to try to communicate. Um, and that's, they can kind of get a little tricky because everybody has their different ways of communicating. Like somebody's, you know, love language might not be somebody else's, you know, love language. You know, that's a phrase that's been going around a lot, you know, social media. Um, somebody's, I don't know what kind of language you would call it in like a business relationship, but, you know, I don't know, business professional language, maybe. I don't know if that's the right that would be considered, you know, good terminology, but somebody's professional language might not be somebody else's, you know, you might, you know, so I think that really communication is the key, but also listening. Like you'll, you'll see some people say, all right, well, it's not just about listening, you know, how do you communicate? All right, well, it's not just about communicating. Well, well, it's, it's about both together, um, ultimately. So I think that's really what it comes down to. We have to just try to listen and communicate so that we can get that, that, uh, I don't know how to necessarily put this, but we can kind of get back on track with just simply being able to be in one room with, with each other without going at each other. So in that way, we can kind of flip the script on what we kind of see from the media. Like we kind of need to start projecting that more and tell the media, no, you're wrong about this. This is, right, right, wrong, right. But this is what it really is. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're right about that. You're right about that. Let me let me ask you one thing, and this and this is pertaining to your mother. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like I said, this this section of the installment is the king. So the first section of it, I did the queens, and I did um, three women that mm-hmm. I've known for a long time, and so on. This part, I'm doing three men that I've known for a long time. Um, in the women, in the queen section, I've talked to, I think there's maybe two of them who kind of came up with this. And I, and I want your view okay. as a young black man who's primarily been raised by a single mother. Am, mm-hmm. I, am I right to say that? Yes. Okay. So they had come up with the, they both had children at a young age, out of wedlock. I don't know your mother's situation. I'm not trying to dig too deep into that. But they were under the impression that 
Uh, it was hard that in the sense that they, they failed trying to raise the young men, their young sons, you know, because there was just certain things they couldn't teach them. Mm. And they said that was one of their their biggest struggles and one of their biggest regrets. Mm. Uh, you're a very well rounded young man, and I could tell that. And knowing talking to your mother, I know that she put the time in with you. But do you think there was a time? Do you think there were some things that she may have struggled on as a young man? That there's some that there's just some things that um, personally that. She couldn't teach you. Not saying that she failed, but it's just just certain things that that there's certain things that she just couldn't teach you that you just knew that she couldn't teach you that you didn't learn from her that might have been a struggle for her or even a struggle for you. Um. Well, I can't pinpoint any like specific thing exactly, but we actually have this conversation a lot. You know, she'll say, you know, there's certain things, you know, I, you know, can't teach you because I'm not, you know, a guy or whatever like that. Um, but I do, I mean, I, from a son's perspective, from a young black man's perspective, I don't really see, you know, you know, fortunately for me, I can see, I don't see what that might have been. Um, okay. I think, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to say that. Um, I don't really see what that might have been. You know, I'm sure she has her struggles personally. Um, so I think that that would be like a question for her. I do think that, you know, I, there are going to be things that, you know, she's not going to be able to like teach me because she's, you know, a woman and she's not a, a man. But, right. you know, she can do her best to teach me, you know, like, uh, you know, right from wrong, or at least, you know, what she feels as though is, you know, right from wrong. But I always say this to her, and, you know, sometimes she'll make jokes and be like, ah, oh, you know, I do this better, do that better, or whatever. But I always make this comment, I always make this comment to her, and I'm like, you're still learning, right? Like, I don't have brothers or sisters or anything like that. Yeah, I have, a, I have a, uh, a stepbrother, but I don't have like, you know, other siblings, right? So that means I'm an old child. That means you're learning, that, and, and I'm a boy, right? And I had other boys before. Right. You're not like other parents where you can learn from raising one and then raise another because you've learned from it already. Right. Right. And then learn how to collectively raise the siblings and teach them how to respect each other and all that kind of stuff. Cause I'm an only child. Right. Right. Can't beat yourself up for that. Not that she beats herself up for that, you know, but. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Like <laughs> I tell this all the time. Like it's, you're, you're learning, you know, um, there are going to be things that I agree with. There are going to be things that I disagree with. I think that comes from two things. Um, subconsciously, you know, uh, gene wise, it probably maybe is because I'm a you know, guy or whatever. Um, uh, scientifically, maybe, you know, brain wise and you know, all that kind of stuff. But there are going to be differences too, 
just, you know, also because of my age, like there are a lot of different factors that can go into that, right? But like I said, she didn't fail. She's not failing. She's she's not, you know, she talks to me about, you know, different things and you know, I speak to her and, um, you know, it's just, it's, there's just, yeah, you know, it is. So just ultimately answer your question again. I don't think that she failed or is failing at, any, at, at anything. I just think as a parent, you just learn, right? And from my perspective, as, you know, I'm not a child, but as her, as her son, I'm learning too, right? Like I'm learning that my mom is, she's not just a parent, she's also a human. She's a woman, you know what I mean? And I'm learning that as, not that I didn't know before, but just as I get older, learning new things and just paying attention to her. Cause I, you know, that's my mom, I pay attention, you know, I'm aware whatever. Um, and we have that kind of, that, that connection. Um, but, you know, I'm learning about her, you know, from her as well. So I think it kind of goes both ways really, but, you know, I, I don't. I don't think she's failing or you know anything like that. I think she's just learning. You live, you learn. That's if I could say something to the women you were talking about with their kids. I would say just kind of take take life as an opportunity to just kind of learn because you're human. You're going to make mistakes. You're not perfect. Even if you had one two, three, however many kids, you're always going to continue to learn experience after experience. So experience. So in regards to what they said with the whole, they feel like they could have done things differently or whatever. From me to them, I would say, you know, just take it all as an opportunity to just keep learning. Right. Right. You're absolutely right. That's, you know, that's, that's, uh, a good insight on that. I just wanted, I just wanted a, a son's perspective on that. And I know it's hard to kind of see like where your mom would think she may have came up short. Not saying that she did. Wait, wait, wait. You don't, you don't see, you don't see where, what you're missing. Mm -hmm. And, but that, that also talks about that also, you know, it's a credit to how much work she's put in and not that my friends didn't, Right, right. But you know, they just said they just said it, it's it's hard raising, uh, it's hard raising young black boys. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're saying like they they had them, at, you know, at a young age, you're learned. Like you're still young. You know what I mean? And right. my mom, um, she wasn't. She she wasn't young. She wasn't old. You know when she had, you know, um, but you know they're 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 learning and. You know, who knows? Maybe you know, with their kids, and thinking maybe maybe their kids might be like, "All right, what can I do better?" I know, I I think, you know, what can I do better as a son, or just just you know, whatever, just in general. Um, so I think it just honestly goes both ways, really. Uh, we got less than a minute, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, no, I know that. You got a lot going on today, and uh, it was a delight talking to you. 
I've definitely learned some things and, you know, I got a, an added perspective uh, coming from you being a young man in, in, in our community, in our society. Is there uh, any websites or any links or anything you want to share with us where we can get more information about the Black Man's Conference? Yes. Uh, Parkside, cdcprograms.com. Uh, um, just a quick note, when you do go on the site, it still will say uh, Black Men's Conference 2021 because that was the recent one, but you'll get an idea of everything that, that uh, goes on with that. Um, we are going to make some changes to it, so you know, at some point you're going to go on and it'll, you know, it'll look different. But Parkside, cdcprograms.com. Um, also, if you want to go to, um, and I don't know if you can see it, Centennial Parkside, uh, their Facebook page, they will post up about um, different events and things like that that they have going on as well. Okay. Uh, Centennial Parkside, they have a, you said they have a Facebook page, right? Yeah. Centennial Parkside CDC, yes. Okay. Good. Good. Again. Um, and also, uh, I'm not a part of this, but just to kind of go back with what I was you know, speaking on um, earlier with you know some of the other guys, uh, Rodney, uh, he has the reawakening agency okay um, if anybody's interested in checking out some stuff with that uh so yeah there's that um also again i want to give a quick shout out shout out to you sage thank you for thank you on um podcast uh, your wife everybody else uh whoever's involved um you know two friends just you know shout out to everybody uh and again shout out to everybody who is uh Helping to work on this um, upcoming film project. We don't have an uh, exact, we don't have an uh, exact set date for it just yet because we're still kind of, you know, filming and working on the, the music production and all that kind of stuff too. But um, yeah, shout out to everybody uh, again, Rodney, Rick, uh, Steve, um, Russell, Julian, um, Samir Sabri, uh, my bro, of course, uh, Jameer. And uh, I think I'm think I'm naming everybody, uh, Rodney. Just everybody who's involved. I might not be naming everybody because, like I said, it's a lot of names. Right. But um, yeah, I I uh, appreciate everybody just in being on this whole overall journey, and just was uh, you know all of us collectively, the different um, groups, different organizations. Uh, you know, you everybody doing the podcast and everybody's just doing their thing. So I think we're helping to. Um, change, you know, the the narrative, you know, that's, that word is used a lot, but, you know, really, right. you know, I think we're hoping to put a more positive uh, spin on things um, you know, than what we usually see in, in uh, media, in mainstream media, at least. So, I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, have your team uh, reach out to us, because I actually have two podcasts. Okay. Um, the other podcast is more social conscious, you know, more, you know, more geared to the content we talked about today, which is fine. Uh, but that's called we changed the name a couple of times. I think it's called Five on a Black Hand Side or something like that. Okay. And that's me and my uh, friend, retired, retired police officer, Kevin Jackson. So. Okay. Uh, that's that's currently on Anchor. We got another episode that I'm still working on. And, you know, uh, I think it'll be a good episode 
for the Black Men's Conference. Oh, cool. Yes. So, so you and any of your associates can contact it. We'll, we'll set that up and we'll do another Zoom and we'll, we can do a podcast on, on everything that you guys have going on. Awesome. Cool. I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. Okay. All right. So, Noah, again, I thank you. Uh, when you talk to your mother, ask her about uh, 500 miles. And see if she she should tell you about it. <laughs> All right, okay. And uh, she knows what it is, and tell her to let you read my rebuttal to that. Okay. If she still, she better still have it. She better not. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm she pretty not sure. thrown away or got rid of or lost her. She gonna. Have to uh, I'm pretty sure she is. It. Uh, yeah. At one point, um, she did mention that you know doing it in a. She kind of like through this like you know minor stuff and yeah I think that's cool I think that's collaboration I think that's great yeah yeah she, she, thank you for you know being a you know good friend to my mother as well uh, no problem man I look forward to getting to Philly soon because I actually I want a cheesesteak I, I want a real oh, Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get a, a, a real Philly one. Yeah. Okay? Um, just to put this out there about the cheesesteaks. Sometimes the best cheesesteaks, well, most of the time I should say, nothing against like Geno's or anything, but it, it, the best places around like the corner store, honestly. Well, that's I'm coming. <laughs> either either one, either one. I think I think you'll you'll be you'll be everywhere. Well, we're we're coming and. All I want is a cheesesteak, and then anything else, I don't care. I want a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, well, yeah, Geno's, corn store, any place really, you'll be, uh, you'll be good. But uh, yeah, corner, corner store is, is where it's at. All right. Well, thanks a lot, man. And um, always remember, everybody, you can hear the two harks on Sundays on WMVU.org, part of Radio Free Network, at 8 a.m. and at 6 p.m. and on Gospel Impact. Uh, network.com at 4 p.m. Those are our online radio shows. You can follow the Two Harks on IG at Two Harks. You can follow us on Twitter at M-S-T-A-J underscore H-A-R-K. And we also have a YouTube and a Facebook page. Just look for the Two Harks. You'll find us. And the YouTube just plays uh, snippets and audiograms from our shows, our segments, and even advertisements for our sponsor, Sons of S.P. Phillips. So again, Noah, I thank you. I appreciate you and and the time you took. Uh, And everybody else, we thank you for your ears. Everyone, you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.